Now, listen, they want me to say hello, welcome to the James Well best bits of tonight's show, which you can hear every night, Monday to Friday, on Talk Radio from 7 till 10. But I said, wouldn't it be best to call it the worst of whale? So have a listen. See what you think. The James Whale Show. Come praise the whale on Talk Radio. Uh, now, last night there was a serious trouble, I'm, I'm afraid to say, in Brixton. The Metropolitan Police Officers, uh, a number of Metropolitan Police Officers have been injured, 22 to be precise. And uh, I, I can't understand again why people would behave like this. Why would you show yourselves up? Well, let's find out what uh, Graham Wetton, who is a policing analyst and the author of How to Be a Police Officer, we had him on the other day, uh, thinks about this. Uh, Graham, good evening. What are your thoughts? Um, my first thoughts were for, were for residents have to put up with this. And I, I get what you're saying about moving to a place, but people should be able to live where they want to live without being disrupted. And the last disruption. Yeah. But didn't they move there because it's a sort of cosmopolitan, cool, you know, part? And then they get settled, have families, and they want it to quieten down the area they've moved. Yeah, but you don't expect sound machines every day in the uh, at night or whatever. People have got babies and children. That's what happens, isn't it? Yeah, they change. I was just going to say, I get that that people move in there, and it's just that the the disorder isn't just about parties and the music. It it went beyond just being a party. Looking at it, that's why people start ringing up. There's damage being done. There's yeah. all the this fights. When the police um, withdrew from one part of it, but the the party guys, who want the better term, started attacking each. I'm told started attacking each other. Yes. And then they get called mm. again to go in, protection of, of people, protection of life, etc. Um, it's just astonishing. That, you know that the community didn't want this. So there was, and I'm yeah. told there was uh, some people from outside. It isn't all people that live in Brixton. People travelled into the area. Um, to go to yeah. the party. It isn't just local yeah. residents either, it's people that... No, I wouldn't think local residents would do that. I think they no, might have been having not. a bit of a party for the locals or a bit of a barbecue, and then people yeah. just sort well, of... Well, there's been a shutdown, all... so all these kids, they want to go to clubs, or, and if they hear of a party, they all head down there. But, yeah. yeah, they do, but it, it comes down to the fact that, that once the police attend or turn up to try not, and they were asking them to leave, yeah. Um, yeah. that's when the disorder started. It's just, it, again... It's just people yeah. turning out against law and order, not not abiding by other people's um, right to have some peace and tranquility, to have the, the party stop. Mm. It was almost like we're not... It comes down to this, it seems, there's a generation that has never been told, no, you can't do that. That's true. You yeah. can't do this now. You're not allowed to do that. It's against the law. And it's not the police's law. This is the law of the people. But have they seen a life. weakness in the police in the last few weeks that's given them a bit of... They can just. Well, keep... in, in other yeah. words, are the police trying to be too nice because yeah, of everything yeah. that's going on, and everybody's saying, "Oh, the police are very heavy-handed and all this," so they're just uh, attacking the police before they feel they're going to attack them. Yeah, part, I think that's part of it. I think they have uh, sensed a bit of a weakness. I think they sense maybe some support for for. There's been a lot of negative policing stories, um, yeah. far more than our positive ones. So I think they've sensed there's a, a narrative um, about being negative towards law and order. Um, I think they, it's part of this. Um, it comes over from the protests we've seen that, that's against policing in this country for some reason. Um, and I think some people, some, a minor part of society, have sensed this and they're using it now to just do what they want to do, regardless of what happened. Um, mm. My concern last night was the police probably weren't expecting this, weren't anticipating it. They don't have loads of uh, officers, public order trained, ready to go out in protective kit. If they come out in their protective kit, it's seen as being provocative. So they're almost in a no-win situation. They, they put their officers out as they were last night in their normal patrol uniform in high-vis jackets, um, and they come under attack. You've seen 22 injuries. 
I yeah. mean, Brixton I mean, has a bit I, of a history, doesn't it? Maybe they should have been a bit softer yeah, on it and not. said, look, guys, and wound it up a bit more quiet. I don't know if there would have been a better way of policing it. <laughs> I think they were well, trying to do it. They, they wanted to ask yeah. them to go <laughs> home and leave. <laughs> yeah. A Graham Wetton policing analyst and author of How to Be a Police Officer. We should read that book ourselves, shouldn't we? The James Whale Show. Come praise the whale on talk radio. Rebecca Long Bailey has been sacked by uh, uh, Mr. Sharma, the leader of the Labour Party, Sir Keir Starmer. Let's talk to Naomi Wimborne Idrissi, who is uh, Jewish voice for Labour. Naomi, hello. Hi, James. Um, f- first of all, uh, was was Keir Starmer right to do this? I'm horrified that he's done this, James. He's got rid of uh, the one remaining member of Jeremy Corbyn's uh, shadow cabinet. Well, not quite the, one of the last. Um, in what seems to a lot of us to be a partisan action, because what Rebecca Long-Bailey has done in terms of the tweet, which is being used as a pretext for her sacking, is in no way reprehensible. Um, we think at the back of it, there is a bigger political argument going on about Rebecca Long-Bailey's attitude to the education unions during the battle uh, mm. with the Tories about uh, how to uh, how to end the lockdowns, COVID-19 and so on. So there's yeah. a lot going on in the background here. And honestly, Rebecca Long-Bailey has not done anything remotely anti-Semitic and no Jewish person who looks at the facts should be offended or upset by what she's done, in my view. And nor did Maxine Peake. Remember, this is about tweeting a long, interesting, wide-ranging interview with a popular mm. actor, Maxine Peake, who in passing referred to techniques used by the U.S. police when they uh, murdered George Floyd. Um, and it's a reference to the fact that the U.S. police do train in Israel, which is true, they do, that nobody's denying mm. So she made that reference passing reference in a much longer article. Maxine Pete, uh, sorry, Rebecca Bailey made no reference mm. whatsoever to that in her tiny little tweet, just saying, Maxine Pete, what a diamond or something like that. And mm. for cause to result for the sacking of a shadow education minister on that basis is, is I think, quite shocking and quite frightening. What are we allowed to say? In the public, well, I think you know that is a that's a very good point. But I think quite often you do try to get rid of the old guard as soon as you can when you get elected. Um, Having having spoken to true in a way, he's only doing what you might expect. He's clearing out the people with whom he said he wanted unity. Well, let's uh, let's move on to Lord Clive Soley, former chairman of the parliamentary Labour Party. Uh, Lord Soley, good evening to you, sir. What is your feeling about this? Do you think uh, Rebecca Long-Bailey should have been removed? And maybe maybe when Keir Starmer took over, he should have removed everybody that was a, a very uh, stringent supporter of Jeremy Corbyn. No, I think, uh, I think it was right to reach out across the party and try and involve people, including Rebecca. I think the problem is that as soon as anybody does anything like uh, uh, reinforcing the anti-Semitism issue that we struggled with before, then frankly, Keir's not no option. He has to yeah. deal with that. I mean, a whole lot of us in the Labour Party were appalled 
by the state we got into over anti-Semitism. And I mean, I heard some comments just before you asked me this question from other people about Israel. One of the big, big mistakes that had been made, particularly by Jeremy Corbyn and the people around him, was to confuse the state of Israel with people who are Jewish. The two need to be kept separate. The Jewish state is, I think it's some 20 million people, of whom about a quarter or close to a quarter are Arabs. Uh, but the Jews worldwide are a massive number. And it's, you know, you have to separate it. The actions of the Jewish state are different to Jewish people. Ash, you've been there. I mean, um, well, exactly. Times. But I mean, why, why also rush to bring it? We were talking about the knee. Why bring uh, taking the knee and uh, how the police are trained? But why suddenly bring Israel into it at your first opportunity? You, exactly like you said, they're trying to get rid of that in the Labour Party, and that's well, the reason that, that, that he's acted. Yeah, that's what's gone wrong in the Labour Party, and that's what Keir is trying to put right. And he's, in my judgment, he's right doing it. It's a pity I didn't want to see Rebecca Long-Bailey removed, but as soon as you've got any sense of it creeping back in again, the damage did, did this was enormous. You cannot have a party like the Labour Party being anti-Semitic. That is racism. We cannot be that. Um, so, you know, you have to take a tough line on it and... You know, I'm sorry, but there, you know, there has to be a hard line on this. Do you think she realised what she'd done, or just uh, oblivious to it and didn't? I, realize? I think one of the problems for a lot of the people who were, uh, including Jeremy, to some extent, was that if, if you were a Jewish person, went to see them very often. Uh, I can't say this with absolute certainty because some Jewish people would disagree with me on this. I'm not, I'm not Jewish myself, but I, I would get the, uh, the, take the view that they were not actually hostile to Jews who came to see them or discuss a problem with them. But they kept making this fundamental judgment about uh, Israel being all Jews. They and weren't good with their own activists, were they? And their own MPs quit, so there was yeah, a, definitely a problem. Yes, indeed. I, I gave evidence to the inquiry that's going to report, I think, soon on human rights. And I, I've said in that very forcefully that I'm afraid the party had become... Uh, institutionally anti-Semitic, and it is in, in a way this is the same issue about you know black uh, the black people being picked on and and things. It we've got quite tough laws in the in Britain about racism. They're they're quite good, but what we haven't tackled yet is institutional racism. That is the way that so black people are are more repre uh, represented in in yeah. un, you know in uh, poor circles or. Yeah not getting mm. promoted, things of that nature. And there's something that happens the same with the Jewish people who are, who are seen as in some way complicit with any actions that you disagree with about the state of Israel and the two are different. You know, you can have a perfectly reasonable argument with someone, uh, including an Israeli government or indeed just someone living in this country who's Jewish, but, you know, thinks that everything the, Jewish, uh, the Israeli government is doing is fine. It's perfectly reasonable to have that argument. It is not reasonable to go on and assume that all Jews are complicit in whatever the Israeli state does or doesn't do. It's two different mm. things. Mm. Lord Clive Soley, former chairman of the Parliamentary Labour Party. The James Whale Show. Come praise the whale on talk radio. Um, right, 60% of pet owners are unaware of the heatwave risks to their animals. Can there be that many stupid Even I know pet that. owners? Yeah. 
Uh, temperature soaring above 30 degrees this week. Reach uh, Research from pet charity Blue Cross shows 60% of pet owners don't consider it. Well, they don't. Some pet owners don't deserve to have animals and they ought to be taken away from them. I've oh, said yeah. this many yeah. times before. Uh, Kerry Taylor, Blue Cross Education Manager, is here tonight to educate those people who don't realise how stupid they are. Kerry, it's over to you. Hi. Um, I, I mean, that was a great song because it's been so hot, hasn't it? A proper yeah. heatwave today. Yeah, but it was not a very good version of it. That's the only oh, Ash, not it was the best version. we could do. It was the best we could get. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Kerry, I beg your pardon. It's not a kind of normal interview, but um, yeah. it's the way we do things. <laughs> No, that's fine. I mean, what's really interesting about our research is actually we know that people love pets and we are a nation of pet lovers and well, there's no, lots no, no. of people. Um, no, there are lots that don't understand them and uh, may actually think they love them, but, uh, you know, they, they, they get them for whatever reason. I don't know sometimes. And uh, when they get yeah. bored with them, they get rid of them. Because the kid wanted them, thing. they just get them to keep, you know, they get yeah. them for bad reasons. That sometimes happens too, and that's why we're here at Blue Cross. It's all about helping those pets that really need us. So when we heard the yeah. heat wave was coming, you know, we really wanted to get those messages out there because it's easy for us to forget, actually. Pets don't always enjoy the heat wave like we do. You know, we no. love a no. bit of sunshine no. No. when it comes, but but they don't enjoy it as much. No, they don't. One of mine today, I, I was out doing a little bit of watering of the garden, and she, because, you know, one follows me everywhere and the other one sort of does what Aww. she wants. And uh, and Daisy May decides she's just going to lie on the on the patio, which is concrete. And I think you could cook food on it today. And yeah, I just yeah. I had a word. I said, "Look, hot, honey, why are you why yeah, yeah. yeah why <laughs> you, you must be burning up? Come and sit on the grass," yeah. which she did. But then when I went in, they all came in, and they'd rather be inside. They like a yeah. warm belly, though, don't they? That's the thing with a the dog. They do like a little well, warm belly. I quite warm like belly. a warm yeah. belly, don't yeah. you? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like you said, though, actually, your other dog likes the cool of the floor. Mm. So it does vary. Yeah. And my dog actually today was doing the same. He was laid on the patio, boiling hot. Oh. So I had to bring him in and try and keep him cool off a little bit. You should spray water on them, shouldn't you? A bottle of water. They love no, a hose. They love playing with a hose pot, don't they? If you spray. Well, some do, pot. some don't. Even if. Yeah, some do, some don't. <laughs> some I mean, love a paddling used, pool. Some don't. Well, yeah, I used to have a paddling pool, but they don't like it, so uh, they ripped it apart. Uh, um, so I think they just oh, no. fancy a cool place to lie down. But you know, when it's getting hot, they like to to uh, to uh, lie in the sun. And sometimes you have to watch out for this because I don't think that they know uh, when it's too hot for them to be out there. No. Yeah, oh, I think man. you're right. And, be and it's careful. important that we make sure we can bring them in, that they've got lots of shade, you know, access to that fresh, clean water as well, just to make sure that we can try and yeah. keep mm. them as happy in the sun as possible. Um, very nice talking to you, Kerry. Thank you very much yeah, indeed. Thanks, and uh, we should get Kerry on again when the yeah. uh, we need dog information. Uh, Kerry Taylor from the Blue Cross Education so she's a Blue Cross manager. The James Whale Show. Come praise the whale on Talk Radio. Hello, good evening, and welcome. It's not. It's not. It's my show. It's nothing to do with him, honestly, Frankie. As long as he thinks that, that's why it you works. Know, that's why it works. You know, he's taking all the plaudits for it, and quite that's frankly, right. it gets quite annoying. That's a bark that. What? She's that's that's a different. Bark. I haven't heard that bark before. You haven't been pressing any buttons again like you think you know what you're doing. No, I don't do that. I don't do that. I just wiggle the cables and um, make sure it's okay. 
I mean, it would be okay if they had nice bodies. Yeah, but we don't go. We're the sort of people that don't go on the beach. That's the funny thing. Maybe we should. We've got it. Let's Well, yeah, I it. suppose we should. So, I mean, I'm wearing a T-shirt and a pair of shorts. Yeah, but you, you don't have to wear anything. Normally, you just wear a T-shirt, don't you, with nothing on it underneath. Back in the year, but God, about 20 years ago, when I was a kid at home late at night. <laughs> I, was was on, I was on with him. I was on all with him right, then, Richard. Right, okay, do you remember me, down. Richard? I, I do remember oh. you. That was uh, the clips for today, the worst of Whale, or sorry, sorry, the best of James Whale. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed them. Well, I suppose if you didn't enjoy them, you won't be listening, will you? Anyway, I'll be back 7 o'clock until 10, Monday to Friday, on Talk Radio. Have a great day. Thank you for listening.